Pastor Aaron Burke is married to Kate. They have four kids. He's going to talk about that. They started a church in Tampa. They are running thousands, like I mentioned, and thousands of decisions for Christ. We are so honored today to welcome Mr. Aaron Burke to the City Church platform. Come on, church. Can you stand and give him a great big hand? Come on, let's stand together. Let's give Aaron, let's give the man of God a great big hand. What's up, City Church? Why don't we give Jesus our best praise one more time? Isn't he worthy? Hey, remain standing for just a second. Do me a favor because I love your pastor. I'm telling you, he is a man of integrity, a man of character, longevity. Man, a lot of people start ministry. Very few get this far into it and still are running strong and his best days are still ahead of him. Can you give it up for your pastor one more time? Can you honor him? We love him. All right. Now, why don't you do this? Tell the person next to you, you're looking great this morning and you can be seated. Well, it is a huge honor to be with you today and uh, send greetings from my church. I'm actually preaching there this morning via video to all eight of our services there in Tampa. And so they're seeing me in video, but man, it is a huge joy to be with you guys. I've been looking forward to it for a long time and I really believe God's got something special in store for your life. Um, if you're ever in Tampa, come and check out Radiant Church. Man, we, my wife and I started the church with just a dream from God and God has blessed it and we're able to be part of one big family. Just, just coming in church here and just hearing the worship, which by the way, that worship team, can we honor them? What a great worship team, great worship culture. Um, and just, just love being a part of the body of Christ. Love what God's doing. Uh, let me show you my family. I got to show them off a little bit today. This is my, my beautiful wife of almost nine years. And uh, we have four children, six and under. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So I hear that all the time. And people say, you know what causes that? And I said, yes, and I'm not willing to give it up. Amen. So it's not, don't really love children, but I love my wife. So that's awesome. But uh, I have a six-year-old. <laughs> that was weird, but you got the idea. Four-year-old. Uh, this is my boy, Kai. He's my only boy, so he carries on the family name and legacy. And then it's our newest, Elise. She is seven months old. And when you have a seven-month-old at home and you get an opportunity to go out of town for a couple days, you take it in Jesus' name. So <laughs> pray for my wife. So... Uh, but actually, the whole idea of this message came a few weeks ago. My, my boy, Kai, who's two, um, he was gifted a Power Wheels car from my dad. My dad likes to buy extravagant, crazy gifts. Any grandparents in the room today? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you just you give, them, you give them stuff that's just crazy, these kids. And so my dad goes over the top. Like, I had a Power Wheels growing up, and it was like, you know, a used one that he got on, you know, at a thrift store that barely was put together. It barely worked. That's not what he bought my kids. My, my my kid, he bought the one. It's got spinners on the wheels. You know what I mean? It's got, a, it's like the Denali truck looking one. And true story. This one has a surround sound speaker system in it. I said, dad, it's nicer than my vehicle itself. Like, I don't understand that. So he, he bought it for, for Kai. So Kai has learned to drive it all over the yard. We have a big backyard and he drives it all over. He can back it up. He can park it. I mean, for two years old, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it worries me a little bit. The other day we had our staff over and did a big staff uh, event at our house. And so he had all like the staff kids, the girls lined up to get in the car with him to take on the rise. All like the two, three, four-year-old girls. And so he would, he would open the door for them, let him get in the car. He put one arm behind him, one arm on the steering wheel, and he's driving them around the yard. 
I say, you're too young for this. This is bizarre. But anyway, I asked him, I was like, where are you going? He's like, we're going to McDonald's. I was like, what are you doing? So anyway, this car is awesome. And it's a lot of fun. It's a blessing to him. It brings a lot of joy to his life. But if you know anything about Power Wheels cars, they they don't last very long, a couple hours. And then after a couple hours, it starts to slow down, slows down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then eventually it dies. And, and, and I don't know if you, your parent, if you're, a, if your kids are like my kids, uh, my kids toys never die right next to the garage where they're supposed to be. They die like as far away as possible. So my, my boy runs in the house the other day and, and comes up to me. He says, daddy, it's broken. I was like, I was like, what's broken? He's like, my, my truck is broken. So I go out there. I was like, hi, it's not broken. It's just, it's dead. It's out of power. And so who has to bring it back? He's not touching it. What is it? I have to push that thing all the way up there. And, and it got my mind going for a little bit of this idea that I think a lot of you think your life is broken. You think it's dead. You think it can be thrown out, but it's not the case. The case is not you're broken. The, the case is that you're just out of power. You just, you just ran out of juice for a little bit and, and you're stuck at a place. That I'm telling you, there's a way for you to get back because we've all had those moments where things in our life that were a blessing have become a burden. Uh, the, the marriage that was a blessing has become now a burden for you. The, the relationships have become a burden. These kids, you prayed for these kids. They were a blessing to you, but it comes a becomes a burden when you run out of power. It, it, the finances are a blessing, but they turn into to a burden when, when kind of they run out, don't they? Our job, it's a blessing. You were showing up early. You were the first one there. You were bringing your bed. You were ironing your clothes before you, you got there. Come on, you were doing everything possible because it was a blessing. That same job has turned into a burden because why? We've kind of ran out of power at times. And here's the word the Lord challenged me to give you guys today. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write it down. If you're not taking notes, Write it down. It's a good little phrase for you today. And it's simply a message called time for a recharge. Time for a recharge. I think, I think some of you guys need to get plugged back in today, need to get in, encouraged a little bit today because what's going on in your life is not that it's broken. It's just that it's without power. I want to show you how to have a recharge today. If I could be honest with you, we're a family here. I love that statement pastor made. Welcome home. We're a family here at the church. So, so can I be vulnerable with you a little bit today? Yes. Can I hear you vulnerable? Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I would never say this to my church, but I'll say it to you guys. Uh, there are two very different Aaron Burks. Now your pastor's not like this. He's the same guy at all times, always holy, always godly. But for me, uh, I have two different versions of myself that I'm not proud of. Uh, my one I'm really proud of. It's, it's the godly. It's the charged up Aaron Burke. I mean, it's I'm connected with God. I wake up in the morning. I got a smile on my face. The birds are chirping. Come on. It's it. I'm a good husband at those days. Nothing really bothers me. I can drive on I-4 and people are cutting me off and I'm just like, glory to God. It's all good. You know, there's those people, the, the, the lanes merge and it says ahead of time, the lane is merging ahead. I'm the kind of person that just gets in the other thing and goes, you know what? It's okay. I'll wait. And people are driving by really fast. Everybody's getting mad at them. No, no, it's okay. You can cut in front of me. I'm just joyful. I'm having a good day. Come on, those people are crazy, but I'm, I'm okay. You just come on in my, my side. That's one side of me. I'm a, I'm a good dad when I'm charged up. I'm a, I'm a good father. I'm a good pastor. I'm a good, good husband. I'm good looking. All those times, man, when, when, I'm, when I'm fully charged. But then there's a time that I'm, I'm running what I'm calling on empty. I'm like the power wheels vehicle. I'm, I've, I've run out of juice. And, and those days, that's, that's a different Aaron Burke. 
You, you don't want to be a part of that guy. That guy, that guy's a little bit irritable. He's, he's a little angry. He wakes up kind of on the wrong side of the bed. It doesn't matter what you do in traffic. You slow down a little bit. I'm screaming at you. I'm honking at you. You're, you're that person. I'm that, I'm the person that now will go to the very end of the merge and I'll squeeze in in front of you and I'll yell at you. It doesn't matter why. Cause I'm just not the same, same guy as before. Cause I'm, I'm living on on empty a little bit. I'm not a great dad at those times. Not a great pastor at those times. Not a great husband at those times. Still good looking, but with issues. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's, it's life on empty. I wonder how many people I've come to talk to today that are just living on empty. I wrote a little list of what, what life on empty looks like. It's you're easily annoyed. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just things bother you and they say things to you and you shouldn't be upset, but you're upset all the time. You're constantly exhausted. You, you can even take rest. You can have eight hours of sleep and you wake up and you still feel like, oh, I just can't get any energy. I, I would say you're walking on empty. You're emotionally unstable. And people get around you. They might not say it to your face, but here's what they're doing. Behind their back, they're going, oh no, what is she going to do today? What is he going to do today? We're walking on eggshells around you, trying to figure this thing out. Uh, you're argumentative. You're, you're jumping on Facebook, looking for some way you can disagree with somebody. You're just, you're, you're, you're flexing your fingers, just thinking, how can I just respond? Because argumentative, you're regularly offended. They took my seat. They, that, that was my place. That was my opportunity. You're just kind of always taking offense. And the last one, which is a huge one for a lot of people, is you're just lacking all joy. So it can be a great season. Your finances are great. The job is great, but you just don't feel that joy inside of you. I would say that you are living a life on empty, and the word that God has for you today is it's time for a recharge. It's time for a recharge. Actually, this is the, the scenario, the, the case that we walk into with the very first century disciples. Jesus had picked these disciples and for three years, they were running like crazy. They're doing, seeing miracles and breakthrough and, and, and the ministry of Jesus all over. And then they go through kind of a really draining moment. They're, the savior of the world who they put all their trust in goes to the cross dies, is buried, is resurrected. Come on, imagine that emotional roller coaster that they're running through. And some of you guys have been on an emotional roller coaster like that. You've gone through some things that have just sucked the life out of you. And then at the end of all of this, Jesus gathers these disciples together and gives them a great commission to say, go out and change the world. There's a purpose for your life. There's a destiny for your life. And they must be sitting there thinking of all of this emotional roller coaster going, how in the world can we make this happen? And Jesus gives us the answer of how that we can go out and do what he's called us to do in a world that easily drains us. He says it like this in Acts chapter one. He says, you will receive, can you shout that word out loud with me? What? Oh, let's do it all together. You will receive what? Power. There it is. You can be charged up. When, here's what happens, the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You, you can be charged up and you have to be charged up because if you don't, you will lead on empty and you'll never be effective. But he says, there's a better way of doing it. And I want to present to you guys today a better way of living to where at all times, no matter what season you're in, you can be charged up. Paul says it this way. He says in Ephesians 5, he says, don't get drunk on wine. I love how he makes this comparison. In other words, there's a world's way of charging you up. 
There, there, there's a there's a alternative to what the Lord can offer. And he says, it's it's wine. You can be filled with wine. You can be filled with drugs. You can be filled with, with sex or whatever that, whatever that vice is for you. He says, what the world has to offer, he says, don't do that. Instead, here's what you should do. Instead, you should be what? There it is. There's that word again. Be charged up. Be filled by the Spirit and lived up by the Spirit. In other words, you don't have to be empty any longer. Now, when I say the word, the Holy Spirit, and, and we're here today is Pentecost Sunday, there's, there's a lot of confusion on who the Holy Spirit is. There's really kind of two big extremes, and I grew up in both extremes. So let me help you, because you probably came from one of these two extremes when you hear the word Holy Spirit. Um, my grandmother was from one extreme. We'd go visit her little small Baptist church in Mississippi, and we would walk in that place. They're the kindest people to your face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, and, and so really nice. They come up to you. They all pinch us because we're the only people under 70 walking into the church ever. And, and, and then we'd sit through the service and, 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 and her culture and her context, the only time they heard about the Holy Spirit was when it was talked about the scriptures. They would, they talk about the father, the son, and the Holy scriptures. Like that was it. And, and he was the author of the Bible, but really has no place and no kind of involvement in the world today. We would call him the frozen chosen that would sit there that church and, and they would sit there and, and they were, they were, they would meet and they were consistent, but no life, no excitement. They were, they were empty. Then there was the other extreme. So that was one extreme of the Holy Spirit. The other extreme was my aunt's church. It was a, it was a small kind of wild charismatic church in Louisiana. And so I, I don't know if you've ever been to a very, very kind of wild, we celebrate everybody, but a wild charismatic church. This church, they'd pack all these people into this little kind of um, trailer kind of room that we'd meet in. And the music would start going kind of loud and people would start moving and they'd move a little bit more and they'd move a little bit more. Come on, you know you it's like if you've been a part of those one of these things and and then in this church here's here's what they would do they'd start getting rowdy rowdy and then eventually they'd start running now i'm not talking about running in their in their place like this no 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 this was they would take off laps around the church you ain't ever been in a church service till they're taking off laps around the church come on pastor we might need to start this at city church just learning the laps ministry at the church and, and louisiana they're not too healthy so so they're pretty 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 unhealthy larger people take off laps and it had to be the spirit of God to keep them going because they ain't rain like that anytime for the rest of the week and so they my brother and sister we were so we were so pagan back then we would dare each other all the time are right, you take off running no, no no you take off running we, we would start the laps of the church and the pastor would always come to us afterwards and man those Burke kids they're 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 filled with the spirit of God we we're as pagan as can be we we're just trying to have some fun but I want to bring some clarity on the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. Listen, it's really important in every relationship that there's clarity. The clearer the relationship is, the more you'll get from it. Um, Katie and I learned this when we were, we were engaged, getting ready to get married. I was living in North, uh, Northwest Florida as a youth pastor, and she was um, finishing up her nursing degree in Central Florida. So she called me one day, and she said, Hey, Aaron, I'm, I have my pinning ceremony. And I'd love for you to come. Now, how many of you have heard of a penning ceremony? Anybody? Wow, a lot of you guys. I never heard of that. I wish y'all would have warned me of what this is. So she said, I have this penning ceremony. I'd love for you to go. And I said, well, um, I said, well I, that's the same night as my youth service. I'm a youth pastor. And um, I, I don't know if I can make it. Is that okay? And she said, that's fine. Now, 
I didn't know what I'm guessing a lot of you guys know. That that's fine doesn't mean, no, no, no. It actually means it's the furthest from fine. You're making the worst decision of your life. I I didn't have clarity in that decision. I made the wrong decision. I missed out on it, and I have heard about it every day. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Why? We We all need clarity. So my goal of the next few minutes I have with you today is to help introduce a relationship that you can have, this relationship with the Holy Spirit, that no matter how tough life gets, you can always be charged up because you are connected with the power source. And I'm going to make it as clear and as understandable and as non um, cuckoo as possible. Okay. You ready for it? Here, here, here's the first one. Three statements I want you to get that I think are important. You should write down. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. I need a better amen than that. I think if you Google the Holy Spirit, you're going to avoid most of what you see because you're going to go, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want any of that. It's, it's kind of weird. It's a lot of what I talked about with my aunt's church and a lot of drama, a lot of craziness. And, and I think if we look at it and we go into thinking that the Holy Spirit's where we're going to miss out on so many great things that God has for your life. Even the things you might not understand when it comes to healing and miracles and tongues and the gifts of the Spirit, they're really not weird. Just people make them really weird. So, so I, it's like Facebook. I, I don't know if you're connected with Facebook. Um, I'll say this statement. Facebook is not weird. Now, some of y'all disagree with me because you're sitting there going, well, you don't know who's on my Facebook. I, I know, I know. But he- hear me out. Listen, listen, listen. Facebook itself is not weird. The, the company is not weird. The structure's not weird. The setup's not weird. The idea of connecting people in community is not weird. But how many know, even though Facebook's not weird, there's some weird people on Facebook, amen? Y'all got the same people I got, I guess, because there's some of you avoid. Why? Because people mess the whole thing up. And please don't walk into this message going, well, some person or some idea, I heard this or some person did, and it turned me off. Listen, the Spirit of God, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that was promised to the disciples, is now promised to your life so you can be connected with power so that you can thrive in that marriage, so that you can raise those kids, so that you can build that company. This is the spirit of God. We need him in our life and he's not weird. So we got to start with that kind of foundation. Here's the second one. Write it down. This is a big deal. It's that Jesus emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if Jesus understood how important the Holy Spirit was, then we need to understand this. And really throughout the whole New Testament, nobody talked about the Holy Spirit more than Jesus himself. So what he did is before he died, he brought his disciples together. And you can read this whole account in John 14, 15, and 16. Take some time this week. Read this account of how Jesus talked to his disciples about the Holy Spirit a lot. So if Jesus emphasized in our life, let's figure out what he said. So I'm going to give you a couple things that Jesus emphasized the Holy Spirit doing in our lives that I think will help you. Here, here's the first one. It says it in John 14, 16. He says, I'm going to ask the Father. We see the whole Trinity right here, right? He goes, I'm going to ask the Father. Father, and he will give you another advocate, and that or an advocate, super important, that's the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. So Jesus said, I'm going up to heaven, but there's somebody coming that'll be an advocate. This word advocate is this word parakletos. It means to come alongside someone, to connect with them. I put it together this way. If you're taking notes, here's, here's the three things Jesus wanted the Holy Spirit to do in our lives. He said, the first one is this idea that he's our teammate. He's our advocate. He'll, he'll come alongside of us. This is what Jesus was telling us. 
Uh, he's going to come alongside us to help us, to, to bring us to the potential that God has for our life. I, I think of my daughter. She has uh, just started basketball, and she's not very good. I love her, but it's not her gift, but we're trying it out. And so as we started this thing, we got a little basketball hoop, and we got a ball. And so she would try to shoot, but she couldn't ever make it to the rim. And it was really kind of frustrating. She gets super frustrated. So she finally, I would sit there and watch, and I'd give her all the technique and all the moves, and, and she still couldn't do it. And so finally, she looked at me, she's like, Daddy, can you just pick me up to help me get close to the rim? I said, sure, I could do that. So I go up next to her, I, I pick her up. By the time I'm picking her up, she's eye level with this rim, and she takes the ball, and she just drops it right there in the basket. And she looks at me, and she's like, Daddy, I made it. And I'm sitting there going, yes, you did. Now, the flesh side of me is like, you didn't do a thing. It was all me. I lifted you up. I did that thing. But what a great example of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that comes alongside when you can't achieve that, that goal, when you can't see success in that marriage, when you can't overcome that addiction. God says, I'm not going to leave them right there. I'm going to come alongside of them. I'm going to lift them up, and I'm going to do the heavy lifting for them. I think that's some good news for us today. That we have a teammate that comes alongside of us to bring us victory in our lives. Can I get a better amen than that Today, church. He's, that's the Holy Spirit. And, and you need them in your life. People ask me all the time, they're like, hey, how, how have you seen that kind of success and growth in the church? I had one lady come up to us. She said, she was kind of newer to the church. She's like, you just mentioned all those numbers and those people saved and missions. And she's like, I'm just trying to figure out. She's like, I, I don't really understand. Are you, are you, is this church, are y'all one of those Holy Spirit people? And I looked at her and I said, how else do you think that's possible? Who do you think did all of that? Do you really think I'm that good? I love it that you think I'm that good. I'm not nearly that good. I had someone come alongside of me, pick me up, put me right next to the basket so I could just drop it in. It's not me. It's because I serve a God that's big, a God that's an overcomer, a God that's always victorious. You need him on your side. I, I wrote it down this way. Most Christians are living life for God, but don't understand the potential they have to live life with God. This is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, because you can live it with him to see all that God has in your life come to pass. Listen to me all over this place. You are too, you have too much potential on your life. You have way too much destiny on your life. You have way too much purpose on your life for you to be doing this thing alone. No, bring the Holy Spirit right into your life to lift you up so that you can accomplish the, the, the things of God. It's, it's what he's called to do in your life. Here's the second one. He said like this in verse 26. He says about the counselor of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. It's a great part about the Holy Spirit. He's not just someone to come alongside of us and be our teammate. Here's the second one. He's the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our teacher. He, a lot of you guys, you need a teacher. You need someone to teach you how to do relationships well and how to do life well and how to manage your time well. And, and I love mentors, but I'm telling you, your number one mentor should be the Holy Spirit. He should be the one. The Bible says he'll teach you all things. Now, this is a big deal for me because I didn't do too well in school. Um, I was a C student. Come on, can I see any C student hands out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are world changers. You can be pastors one day. They let, let, let pastors be world, uh, C students. It's awesome. Um, any A students, like straight A, like you just made it? We don't like you, honestly. You ruined the curve for us. Still dealing with that bitterness in my heart. But my biggest issue in school was that I had rebellion issue towards my teachers. 
I would fight him all the time and I'd argue, not physically fight him, I'd argue all the time and I was really rebellious. And then it was a few years into my high school years that I realized that you can't fight the teacher and learn the lesson at the same time. You, you can't fight the teacher. Like, like you, you're going to do one or the other. Because I would fight the teacher, be rebellious for teachers, and I'd miss the pop test, pop quiz, and, and I'd get a bad you know, uh, score on, on grade on some kind of exam. And I realize I'm fighting the thing that really can help me succeed in life. And, and this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. I wonder how many of you guys, he's trying to lead towards all truth. He's trying to bring you to your destiny, but you're fighting him so much. You're going, I like my way. I like my agenda. I like my stuff. It's, it's all about me. And I don't think you can fight the teacher and learn the lesson. So I'm going to teach you a word that helped me learn this relationship with the Holy Spirit that really helped me. And it's a word that you'll learn on the, on the roads here in Central Florida, but you probably don't know about it because I think you ignore this sign all the time. It's a sign on a road. It's going to be really new. You might not know this word, but here it is. Ready? All right. It's this, this sign right here called a what sign? A yield sign. Now, for those of you that need to know this, this sign actually means something. Okay. So uh, I, I, I know in Florida, you think it's a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. All right, here's what it means, a yield sign. It means that you pause when you get to that intersection. You pause and you do what? You give way. In other words, the, the, you pause because you don't know this, but there could be a semi-truck coming your way that is not gonna stop. And if you're not careful, it'll slam into you and your day will not go as you want it to. Why? Because you did not, shout it out loud, Yield. I think it's the best illustration of you and the Holy Spirit. He is the semi-truck coming your way. He's got something to show you, somewhere to give, to lead you. And now you have to pause and give way to him in your life because I promise you his way is better than your way. His dreams are better than your dreams. His standards are better than your standards. So when we pause and give way to him, your life will go better than the way you thought it can. Come on, give him better praise than that. Amen. He's, he's our teacher. So I've learned in life, before I make big decisions, this is going to help somebody, before I make di- big decisions, I pause and give way to the Holy Spirit going, wait, wait, is this what you want me to do? Just pausing for just a second. Is, am I really supposed to go on this, this date? A- am I supposed to say yes to this offer? Am I supposed to sell my house? Pause. I promise you this. He'll help you avoid a lot of the pitfalls in life if you'll do life his way instead of yours. Here, here's a third one, last one to this one. It says it this way. It says that he, when he comes, he will convict, a word we don't like a lot, but he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So here's what this means. This means that when he comes into your life, he will actually, he'll point out things that you need to change. Now, nobody likes this because we like to do life our way, we like to live life with the way we think we should live it. But that's why we get into so many problems because we're living life away from God. So what he does is he shines his light on us. That's why I call him the Holy Spirit. He's our, he's our transformer. This is the idea. He, he looks at you and goes, no, no, no. There's more to them. There's more in them than, I, than they see in themselves. There's greater potential than they see in themselves. There's a greater level in their marriage than I, that they see in themselves. And the only way to get there is I got to get some of these, these things out of their life, these attitude issues and these addiction issues and these, these stronghold issues. I can point them out. And when the Holy Spirit does it, a lot of times in our life, we get frustrated because we're like, oh, we don't want it to be pointed out. But he knows the other side of that is a more victorious 
greatest, better overcomer version of you that is possible. It is possible. And listen, listen, the Holy Spirit, I've learned this in my life, does not convict us so that he can shame us, but he does it so he can change us. I'm telling you, most, I would say a majority of the fights I have with my spouse are resolved when we just take a couple of minutes and we go, wait, wait, let's just pray about this. And the Holy Spirit shows me how it's 99% of the time, the Holy Spirit reveals how it's my wife's fault. No, it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> Amen. I mean, <it's> just <laughs> yeah, don't send her that. <laughs> he always shows me, Aaron, your attitude this way, the way you responded. I'm telling you, he wants you to succeed. Remember, listen to me, church. Remember the plans that God has for you are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. If you're not experiencing it right now, maybe there's too much flesh and issues in you that you just need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal and bring to the surface. Watch how he'll transform you. Okay, the last thing. I told you three major statements. First one is the Holy Spirit's not weird. Two, the Holy Spirit, Jesus valued and showed the importance of the Holy Spirit. And here's the third one. We'll close with this. The Holy Spirit is available, but he's just, he's not automatic. And this is a big misconception people have with the Holy Spirit. They think, well, Aaron, I got saved, so the Holy Spirit's working in my life. And they don't realize that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman who wants a personal relationship with you, but will not fight your free will. So what he's going to do is he's going to wait to be invited. I actually uh, sign up because I travel a little bit now doing some church planning stuff and missions work. I signed up with rewards programs. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, 2017, I got to the highest level possible. This is a big deal for me. Okay. Um, in the Hilton's reward system. So that was a big deal. Yeah. I was, I was pretty proud of myself, threw myself a little party. It was awesome. So got to the highest level. It's called a diamond member in that. So 2018, I started the year off and when I was traveling and stuff, I was started the year off as a diamond member with, with Hilton. So I stayed at two or three different um, Hilton resorts for, um, from traveling and speaking engagements. And there was nothing different. Nothing. I worked really hard to get that diamond status. Like I'm walking in like thinking they're going to welcome me by name. There's nothing different. I'm a little frustrated. So about a month or two into this thing, I stay at the window, I mean the, the, the Hilton Bonnet Creek there in, in Disney. And with my family, we we're going to stay two or three nights and and I go there and I go to the front counter and I'm like, I'm a little frustrated. I go up to the lady. I said, listen, last year I hit diamond status. That's a big deal. And nobody cares about me. You know, like this, I'm kind of like a little frustrated. I'm like, I have seen no difference. And she's like, well, have you got an upgrade yet? I said, no, I have not gotten an upgrade. She said, well, did you ask for one? I said, ma'am, I didn't know I'm supposed to ask for one. And she said this phrase right there. She said, listen, the, the upgrade is available. It's just not automatic. And I thought, well, why didn't somebody tell me that? So I looked at her. I said, well, I would like an upgrade. <laughs> Sign me up. She did her little numbers like that. And she said, well, good news. I actually have an upgrade available for you today. And she handed me the key. And it was the presidential suite of the hotel. 3,000 square feet. And it, like this whole experience. So we walk up with my kids. We're like, I mean, they're excited. I'm way more excited. Like, I'm pumped. There, there, there's a TV in the bathroom in the mirror of the bathroom. Who needs to watch TV in the bathroom in the mirror? But I did. Because it's awesome. There, there's a phone next to the toilet. Who are you calling? But I did. I ordered room service next to the toilet in Jesus' name. It was awesome. It was, it's available. It's just not automatic. It's the same thing with your life. 
the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. He wants to move in your life. But, but I, love, I love the vision of your pastor. I love the vision of this house that he creates room for you to invite the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why the believers in the book of Acts, it says it like this, the, the disciples were, listen, continually filled. You go, well, I had something years ago. Or I had an experience at youth camp years ago. No, no, no. When's the last time you had that experience with the Holy Spirit? They were continually exp- uh, filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I love that. I, I want to be continually filled. I, I had some great experiences years ago. I need one today. I need it right now. And we get weird about the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And well, I have this gift and you have this gift. And well, I'm better than you because I had this experience. You'd have this experience. Here's the last phrase I'll leave you with and I'll close. It's listen, the being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It just makes me better than me. Come on, that's a good line right there. And I want to be better than me. I want to be better than I was a year ago. I want to be better than I was six months ago. I want to be better than I was 10 years ago at youth camp. I want to, I want to be better than that. I, I just want my marriage to be better. I want my kids to be better. I want my business to be better. I want my joy to be increased. And I need that to be plugged in. And I need a fresh infilling with the Holy Spirit. And I think you need it too. I really experienced this two years ago where we went through a tough season in our church. We were in the middle of a building project and meeting in the services at the same time. While we're doing all of that, my my best friend who was an associate on staff with us, his wife uh, gives birth to uh, two uh, twins at 27 and a half weeks. And uh, these two little babies come out. And so we're in the middle of this building project. These two little babies, they're all life support at day one. It's tragic. And during this whole thing, one of the babies died. It was, it was horrible. Two days in, two-day-old baby. I will go in there. I'm dealing with this. So we're planning the funeral for Friday. Friday, I arrive at the funeral. And if you ever drove up to a funeral with a little baby in casket, it's the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. A little white box on this table. The whole church is just gathered around this box, this family. And when I pull up, one of my executive pastors calls and says, Aaron, the fire marshal's here right now. We've been meeting in the services during construction. And he says, he's shutting us down indefinitely. You're not gonna have a place to meet on Sunday. And I said, I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, put him on the phone. I'm arguing with the fire marshal on the phone. And I and finally was like, listen, I can't deal with this right now. I hang up the phone. I'm sitting there going, I got to deal with this funeral. I do this whole funeral. Do, we did a portable little setup on Sunday it, for the services. We're shut down by the fire marshal. We're out of money for this renovation. The pressure is on. I sit down with Katie and I'm venting with her. You've had moments like this. It just seems like when it rains, it pours. And you're just, I'm venting, going, I can't do it. I can't take it. I need the money. We don't have this the fire thing. I'm burying this little baby. It's too much. And she looks at me and she said, Aaron, this is why we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it might be too much for you, but it's not too much for him. And I think this is the very reason. This is the very reason that we are spirit-empowered and spirit-led believers. She's like, Aaron, you need to go. And whatever experience you had years ago, you need to go have that experience again. So she gave me a release. I drove over here to Orlando, locked myself in a hotel room for 48 hours. And I said, God, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit I experienced years ago. But I need to be filled fresh again right now. And I sat in that room for two days. I'm telling you, I encountered the Spirit of God. And I was like that Power Wheels car before, dead on the side of the, of the yard without any battery. But let me tell you, afterwards, I was full charge, ready to take on hell, ready to do whatever God called me to do. You can overcome it if you won't do it alone, where we get filled fresh with His Spirit. And I think God's going to do it in your life today.